a close friend for 50 years. Chavrus is in high school. He introduced me to wonderful things that he would bring almost every day from Yesod Veshor Shavoda, from all kinds of fabulous forum. And I would share with him some of the things that I heard from Rav Rosenfeld's shearing. And at one point, I had the privilege of inviting him to come to one of the shearing. And he came and he never left. Rabbi David Nehem. Uh, thank you, Rav Nussen. Technically, it's my father for bringing me to the shiurim. And uh, the feeling is mutual. We should have continue to mafarsim, the Rebbe Zach, many more years, keep the legacy of Rebbe Zal going. So I got inspired by when Mendel was speaking, he spoke about this idea of putting in the tapes and it's relevant. And you can explain it any way you want. But it's a reality. It's a reality that I myself experienced many times. Uh, like I said, in the days of the cassette tapes, whatever, when you put in a shear, you listen to a shear, there is something relevant and sometimes extremely relevant. It's up to you. You explain it any way you want. It's definitely otherworldly. Okay, so for us, Again, uh, uh, Mendel brought up the idea, and he said the same exact words that I would say. You don't go to your site, Sudas, for somebody who passed away 44 years ago. It's not normal. Be, uh, this is a, a testimony that this great person was a father figure. It was unforgettable and massive, massive impact on everybody's life who had any contact with him. And uh, it, most people, it did not take very long to get on the bandwagon. Like Reb Nussen said, it took, me personally, it took exactly one shear. That, I don't no idea what the shear was about, but it's irrelevant. But that, I understood that I was home. He was a person I'm not allowed to say it, I, was, I won't say it. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, the Goyen and Tzaddik, he said he shouldn't say it. Okay, so I won't say it. Uh, but uh, uh, the reality is I had a friend um, that was spoken by Eli Cohen that I brought to the shear. And after the first cheer, he came uh, over to me and he said, I'm very angry. I said, oh man. What is this guy going to do to me? Now, what, what did the rabbi say? Well, he's insulted, something wrong. He, so I said, what, why are you angry? He said, I'm very angry that you didn't tell me about this year before. <laughs> and, he, and he was very serious because he was also sold. Hook, line, and sinker. He was completely in on the program. And uh, Rebbe spoke to our head. It wasn't the drama. There was no drama in the shiur. Rabbi spoke to our head. Intellectually, we understood something that for people like me who knew less than nothing. And <clears throat> besides that, he spoke to the heart. How did he speak to the heart? He had the koyach of the, the, the Torah of Rabbeinu Zal, which went directly into the heart, and Mamish felt the emunah. This is something incredible and uncanny. I may have said this before in earlier Hilulas, uh, uh, but the fact that someone can give you a Muna means that there's a deep connection to the Tzadik Emes, and deep connection he had, as 
you know, uh, if you want to say breast of a chassid, it's a nice story, but Rabbi Zal had no problem with, the, with that name because he did embody uh, all that that uh, mean. We were mesmerized, not just by the Shia, but from time to time we heard these very interesting things, like wiki type things. We were in Day Hill Road once, and uh, Rabbi Zal made an announcement towards the end of the tefillah that, um, listen, in Shamayim, they're uh, very upset at this minion. I said, really? Oh, man. What, what, what happened? So Rabbi Zal said that they, the law is in Shulchan Aruch that you go back three steps and you stand there and you keep quiet and you don't turn around and you wait till Kedusha and then you go back. And here, he said, there's a problem with this. And in Shemayim, they're very upset with this. For one minute, so I'm still scratching my head. What, what, what is he saying? What is he saying in Shemayim? How does he know in Shemayim? Okay. And then we had another shear. And in that shear, uh, which is unforgettable, he told us that someone made a promise to someone else about things having to do with Eilul Haba. And uh, this person uh, now needs a lot of help because the per other person was Nifter, and now they want him up in Shemayim. So he said, there's a tikkun for this. What's the tikkun? Say shira shirim by Eilul Haba. We're listening to this, it says, you can't be serious, right? What, I mean, the guy's in a coma or something, and we know why, and we know that in heaven, this is what's happening, and therefore, uh, we have to say shit. I'll tell you one thing. We were a bunch of teenagers who had, like, less than zero interest in getting up in Aloysa Shacha. <clears throat> Especially for some comatose person in Eretz Yisrael, who we don't know, but we were so... Frightened, we were so taken aback, and we were so convinced that it was the truth of truth, which of course it was, uh, that we yes get up, we did say shir ashir, and it did yes help, just for the record. Um, so, again, he was very, like Mendel said, he was very respectful of the individual. I remember me and Eli Cohen, we once meant, went to the minion on a tainus. Now, Spardom have a, a minion that on a tainus, mincha, we put on talus and tefillin. So we started to put on our talus and tefillin. And no, we asked the Rebbe Yisrael first, should we put it on? He says, of course, this is your minion. You should put it on. You should do it. So we started doing it, and then there was rumbling in the crowd. They never, they never saw any of this. And uh, Abizal was not uh, at all, uh, he was totally nonplussed. He said, this is their minute, this is what they have to do, this is what they should do, and that's that. Uh, everyday individuals, you're not into, you don't have to do it this way, because you have to forget about all human hagam, et cetera, uh, and, th and this and that. And I'll end with one um, uh, Dvar Torah about, uh, Two sisters. We read in Vayishla, Taryag Mitzvah Shamarti. So Rabbi Zal asked the Kasha a famous question that how could Yaakov Avinu say he kept 613 mitzvahs if the mitzvah is that he married Rachel and Leah, which are two sisters, and that's one of the 613 mitzvahs? So he answered, Gershon is Gaya, Kekotten Shenoyla Dami. 
that a person who converts, since Rafael and Leah were not the progeny of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov yet, the, the automatic Jews, they were like Gerim, like even afterwards you find by Matan Torah that they learned with the skaters, they were considered converts. A convert is not related to his parents. He's not related to his sister. He's not related to his brother. He gets a new neshama. Is he to- he's a totally new individual. So therefore, technically, halakhically, Rachel and Leah were no longer sisters because they were converts. And that's how he did not transgress this. Now, okay, it's a word. But by Rabbi Zal, it wasn't the word. He was so excited about this. I remember this year, he said he called the Zikne Anash in Eretz Yisrael and asked them if this is an acceptable answer. And they said it's an acceptable answer. And he was full of simcha. It's this excitement and this simcha about a chiddush Torah. Okay, it's not a, he knew things that are a lot more, a lot more exciting. Uh, all kinds of Zohar Kaddish and Arizals and everything. And yet, this chiddush was very choshev and very exciting to him. Halavai, that we should uh, learn from this how to approach the smallest chiddush in, in, in Divrei Torah and remember his legacy of the Afal P, even though he was what he was, the pshitas and the, the simplicity of how he showed himself in face of what he really was, this is something that you know we could go on and on about, and I'm not, and I'm stopping here. <laughs>